You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hi, this is Jerry Conway, and you're listening to the Epic Marvel Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Epic Marvel Podcast. This episode is an interview with Jerry Conway. Now Jerry, of course, we know him as a Spider-Man writer. He's done a whole ton of stuff for Marvel, a whole ton of stuff for DC, and he also did two and a half issues of Miss Marvel, the first two and a half issues of Miss Marvel, the very beginning of Carol Danvers' career as a superhero. So we're going to hear from him in this episode about how he came up with the concept, the character, and all, yeah, just everything to do with Miss Marvel. Now, this is a short interview because, of course, this is only two and a half issues worth, but uh, we talk about pretty much everything. Yeah, so just before we get to that, I just want to do a little plug for our Patreon. If you head over to patreon.com slash thunderquack, and support the Thunderquack Podcast Network. You will be supporting me to help offset the costs of this podcast. And uh, you'll be able to get a, a, some exclusive content, some extra podcast episodes. So uh, check that out and help us out. So, and now, enjoy this interview with Jerry Conway. What is the origin of your involvement with this character here? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, Stan uh, wanted to develop a, a, some new titles for, for Marvel at the time. And one of those titles was Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man. And he also suggested that uh, we should do something with the Captain Marvel name or the Marvel name since Captain Marvel was no longer being published and DC was still, you know, in the process of doing Shazam or was going to do Shazam. Or I forget where we were at that stage. And I, I uh, suggested the idea of uh, uh, Ms. Marvel. Uh, I don't remember whether doing the fe- a female superhero was Stan's idea or my idea, to be honest. And the Ms. Marvel name, again, I'm not really sure which of us came up with that. But the notion of making a Carol Danvers and tying it into the Captain Marvel mythology was my idea. And <clears throat> giving her a job at uh, uh, J. Jonah Jameson's uh, publishing outfit was mine, even, even though obviously she had no real background in journalism to make that make much sense. <laughs> uh, but but I, I was sort of pattering her a little bit after uh, Gloria Steinem. Right. Uh, and the and the whole notion of Ms. Magazine and feminism in the uh, early to mid-1970s, where that was at the time, uh, in my own somewhat clueless white middle-class guy <laughs> ver- <laughs> uh, version of it. Okay. So that, that was basically the origin. You know, the idea of expanding the line, uh, creating a female superhero, 
tying it into the Mar- uh, Captain Marvel mythology and uh, making it as feminist as we were likely to do so at the boys club at the time. Yeah, reading these comics now, J. Jonah Jameson comes off uh, much more chauvinistic in this book than he does in the Spider-Man book. And I think that's just to accentuate a point, right? Yes, yes. And it's also because, for the most part, we don't see him engage with women in a professional capacity uh, in the Spider-Man books Mm. at that time. Uh, The only women that he would have had any real dealings with were uh, Betty Brandt and later Gloria Grant. Right. So we don't really know what his attitude is towards female professionals. and uh, It just seemed like, given, given Jonah's generally reactionary (laughs) sort of (laughs) mentality uh it seems likely that while he'd want to do something uh, as a publisher to make money he would not necessarily have the most enlightened attitude towards Mm it i guess i was kind of basing it on my 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 sense of both martin goodman and stan you know the 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 two of them Mm -hmm. as uh, stan being more enlightened but uh, still a bit clueless because of his generation and uh, Goodman not being enlightened at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Putting her with J. Jonah Jameson, is that why you kind of brought in Peter and Mary Jane as a supporting cast for Miss Marvel as well? Yes. Uh, I mean, the entire idea was to integrate her as, as closely as possible into the Marvel Universe right off the bat. I mean, Captain Marvel, uh, as a character, had mostly operated, uh, and, and the Marvel, that whole mythology, that part aspect of the mythology, had mostly operated in the Southwest, you know, around air bases uh, in uh, the Southwest. Right. And I, I, I just felt that, you know, since most of Marvel's heroes and storylines uh, were centered in the Northeast, you know, and, and specifically in the New York area, that I wanted her to, to be there so she'd have access to as much of the Marvel universe as possible. Hmm. And I, I also wanted to, you know, I figured Spider-Man was our most popular character and any way that I could tie her into that would give her a leg up uh, in potential sales. Right, yeah. Now for sales, given that this was kind of coming out of the, the 70s feminist era, or the movement that was happening at the time, were you hoping to draw in some more female readers? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that was the hope. You know, I mean, we didn't honestly know if there was a, a, a female readership uh, or potential female readership mm-hmm. because there weren't that many uh, superhero books that were directly aimed at women. You know, it, even Wonder Woman was not really aimed at, at uh, a female audience as far as I could tell. I think we were just so clueless as to whether our books could have a female readership that it was a bit of a, a bit of a risk to you know to do a book that was going to be essentially a solo s- superhero a s- a female superhero book. You know, I, I think my manifesto for the for the book was actually expressed by by uh, a bit of dialogue on the second or third page where this little girl sees Ms. Marvel flying by and says, you know, mommy, I want to be like her when I grow up. And, you know, it was like, I wanted this to be a book, you know, in my own clumsy way that, that would inspire girls, uh, you know, in the same way that uh, male superheroes inspired 
boys. And do you know if that was accomplished at all? I have no idea. Yeah. You know, I mean, I do know. I do know that you know some women today uh, tell me that they uh, were very happy to see Ms. Marvel as a character, uh, even though they you know felt maybe this, this, some of the execution of the character was a bit you know ham-handed or, or uh, clueless. But you know, I mean, it did. Uh, the, the 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 hope was that it would open some doors for those kinds of characters, and I think it did. Yeah. You know, I think Marvel then went on. You know, and uh, I don't remember whether Hellcat was before that or after that, but you know, it was around that same time. The idea of you know giving some giving some more stretch to the to the superhero uh, female superhero part of the, the line. Right. Yeah. Uh, she she Hulk followed shortly after. Yeah. Yeah. She Hulk came out, and uh, you know, then uh, more female characters took took dominance in the X Men books. Uh, you know, I think it just generally, I don't say, I, I there's no way to say that, that, that it had much of an influence, but it was part of the jest all, you know, I mean, there was, there was a, a feeling at the time that, that we could do better uh, or we could do more. Yeah. And that's what we tried to do. Nice. Um, who was responsible for the costume design? Uh, that was John Pusima, you know, he, he, John actually is many great things, but he's not a ter- terrific costume designer. Uh, <laughs> most of, most of the designs that, that he did for characters were kind of unmemorable. And I didn't really have any, any strong ideas for, for her the way that I had for power girl or, uh, even to, to a lesser degree for Vixen. Hmm. So I didn't, I didn't really direct him on that. Uh, I, I, I kind of wish that, that we, that John Romita had gotten more involved in it, uh, in the design the way that he did with the Punisher design. So, right. you know, maybe it would have been more iconic or or not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think nowadays it's become somewhat iconic, or maybe that's just because it ties into the Captain Marvel mythology. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I honestly wish that we hadn't gone for the bare midriff yeah. look. You know, I mean, that's that's something that looks better in pencils and inks than it does when you color it up. It just, you know, was just a, a silly design choice that uh, we probably should have avoided. Yeah, it's funny how you can see those things in in retrospect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes you don't even notice it until it's too far too late. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were only on the title for a couple of issues. Was that yeah. your intention, or did you just get too busy? I, I was actually on my way out the door. Initially, I had come back to Marvel to be the editor-in-chief, and uh, when that job proved to be too much for me to to handle it at the age that I was, you know, 23. Oh, wow. I, yeah, yeah I, I decided, uh, you know, I was going to return to D.C., but Stan wanted me to stay at Marvel, so we were negotiating a contract uh, for me to uh, stay there, and that went on for about five or six months uh, and we really couldn't come to the kind of terms that I needed or that uh, Marvel needed. So uh, I was, you know, I only did like a half dozen months worth of books uh, for Marvel in that in that period. And Captain Marvel, I mean, Ms. Marvel was part of that. And Spectacular Spider-Man was part of that. And I only did a handful of issues. Mm, right. Wow. 
Um, have you been following what Miss Marvel's the character of, of Miss Marvel is, or as Carol Danvers, I guess, has been? Have you been following she's where developed. she's been developed over the years? Uh, well, I I didn't really follow her much after I left her uh, in the seventies, and and she'd gone through so many different changes in the seventies and eighties and nineties that you know I just sort of lost track of her, as I think we all kind of did to one degree or another. Yeah. When Kelly Sue took the book over, I actually I wasn't aware of the takeover uh, and the revamp until I met her at uh, Emerald City Comic Con a few years, uh, uh, which I think was like within a within the first year that she was working on the book. And she came over to my table and introduced herself, you know, and asked me to sign her copy of Ms. Marvel number one. And you know, we got to talking, and she told me what she was doing, and I looked the books up, and I, I just was blown away by what a terrific reconception she had for the character and, mm-hmm. and what, what she did with it. I honestly think, you know, for whatever, whatever connection I have with the material is relatively minor compared to the impact that uh, Kelly Sue had. It's, it's her conception of the character that, that is the iconic version of it now. Yeah. You know, there, there's the, the pretty much the only thing that, that I bring to that, mix uh as it stands now is uh carol danvers getting cree powers <laughs> right yeah <laughs> that's that's really it you know i guess and, so yeah. yeah it's 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 sort of a, it's a bridge but the actual um you know development of her as a as a character i would say it, it would be similar to gardner fox creating the flash in the 1940s and then robert kaniger and john broom developing the flash as the modern version uh in the late 50s early 60s mm-hmm. uh you know gardner fox is is should be credited as the original creator but in all honesty the real original creator of the modern flash uh is really uh you know a combination of uh Kaniger, schwartz and uh broom right yeah gardner's involvement is a footnote you know, in that he named a character called the Flash, and uh, the Flash got his superpowers through a lab accident, and that's about it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everything else is fresh. You know, uh, and in that sense, you know, I had one small addition. You know, of, of Carol Danvers getting Cree superpowers, and then everything else is pretty much fresh with uh, Kelly Sue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be neat to see when the movie comes out in a, in another in another week. Um, like, which parts are taken from you? Which parts are taken from Chris Claremont? Which parts are taken from Kelly Sue? Like, there's a, it's such it's neat to be part of a, a long history. Yeah, I honestly don't think there's going to be much uh, from me or Chris uh, or the subsequent people because what we contributed was so minor when you come down to it compared to the reconceptualization of Carol Danvers, you know, as a, as the flight pilot, you know, as the, the, the fighter pilot, the, uh, the, the, the kick-ass aviator, you yeah, know, the, yeah. uh, the, Car- the whole Carol core mythology, uh, that, that really, you know, creates something there that, that, that's more substantial. It's, it's just head and shoulders, you know, yeah. over what we did. It's true. Yeah. 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 Um, and what have you been checking out the new Miss Marvel as well? Uh, yes, I actually really like that book too. I mean, again, it has even less to do with my character. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, name only. 
Yeah, the name only. And uh, it's just such a delight to read. It's such a fun book. I love teenage superheroes uh, in general, and a female uh, teenage superhero is just terrific. You know, the the work that that, uh, Willow Wilson did on it was uh, phenomenal. The art was great. Totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm delighted with that book. I mean, you know, again, very tangential connection. Okay, um, speculative question: If you were to have stayed on the book past three or past two issues, what would you have done with Miss Marvel with Carol Danvers? Huh. Well, I think that I, I the direction that I wanted to go was to delve into this idea of the uh, uh, the split personality superhero mm. because she really didn't know what she was doing as Ms. Marvel. You know, she would have blackouts and then uh, come to and have no idea that, that she'd done any anything uh, specific. And that would have allowed me to, to really investigate, you know, the, the who, who is who, you know, here. And, uh, you know, the, the, the idea of the, the secret identity has always been kind of fraught with an element of fraud. You know, it's like, who, which is the lie? You know, is the, the hero the lie or is the, the secret identity the lie? The lie? Right. Yeah. And in this case, they both would have been true. and then you come into how do you integrate that into your into your your life what do you do with that i mean they're doing a little bit of that in the movie because i I gather that you know she has no memory of her prior existence uh as an earth uh and that part of her story is discovering that but it's it's very different from what i would have probably done and and that's fine you know i mean one of the things that's great about comics is that uh, different creators can reinterpret characters uh, in their own way. And, and that character it was so new that it really didn't make much difference what I had intended to do in those first couple of uh, two and a half issues because I plotted the third one. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it would have taken me about 10 issues to find my feet on the character because that's generally how long it takes to, to see how, see what things work and what things don't work and, make mistakes and correct them, you know, and, uh, and, and get a feeling for uh, what the dynamics are. But it would have been interesting to see. Did you have in mind for her a main antagonist, um, either one existing one or a new created one? I think if she eventually would have come into conflict with uh, the Supreme Intelligence and the Kree, uh, yeah. uh, you know, that, that would have kind of been inevitable. But in the meantime, I was going to treat her initially, you know, as a, as a street-level superhero to build up her relationships, you know, among other characters in the book, you know, other supporting characters that would have been introduced uh, in addition to her mentor relationship with Mary Jane. Nice. Well, yeah, I mean, there's not much to, to talk about, I guess, because we, you just did only a couple of issues here. But I thank you for yeah. taking the time to you talk bet. with us today. Yeah. Now, is there anything yeah. I'd be happy to promote any new projects or appearances that you'd like to let our listeners know about? Sure. Well, I'm going to be uh, at various conventions uh, uh, this year. So if uh, your listeners want to follow me on Twitter, uh, it's at Jerry Conway, and I will be alerting people to those conventions as as they come around. Will you be at Emerald City again this year? Uh, probably not this year. Uh, I was there this uh, last year, and I uh, generally... It's my my uh, understanding. Uh, conventions don't invite 
the same guests back year by year. Oh, okay. You know, so I will be at a convention in Wisconsin, uh, one in Atlanta. Uh, I'm going to Toledo in two weeks for uh, the Fantasticon there. Houston, I'm going to go be in Houston, uh, Camden, New Jersey. <laughs> nice. I'll be, yeah, I'll be busy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so by the end of the year, people, I, I think my last convention of the year is going to be in Rhode Island in November, but by then I'll be a limp rag. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow, busy guy. Yeah, that's, that's great. Well, we hope to see you at the convention circuit. So everybody out there, uh, make sure you stop by Jerry's booth if he's in your town. And uh, yeah, thanks, Jerry, for chatting with us today. Appreciate you it. You bet. You take care. 